You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am here to help you overcome your confidence blockers so you can embrace your true self and show up bravely in your life. This is a space to find insight, encouragement, and support so you can be you bravely. With that, let's go to the show. Okay, I am so excited for today's episode. This is number three of the Confident Parenting Summer Series that I have teamed up with Viba Aurora, who is a life and parent coach in Southern California, and we are addressing some of the top questions that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks from listeners about parenting, and Viba is amazing. She uses a blend of conscious parenting and positive discipline techniques to help you understand what parenting can look like versus what it has looked like. She offers so much wisdom in her Facebook group. She also has a positive parenting, or excuse me, positive discipline parenting class that's coming up soon. So make sure you listen to this episode to find out how you can score a discount on her course, which is amazing. I just took it and I loved it. So without further ado, hey everybody, welcome back. I am so excited that you're here. Today is episode number three of the Confident Parenting Summer Series with my amazing friend, Viva Aurora. She is a life and parenting coach who uses a mix of positive discipline and conscious parenting to help you become the kind of parent that you want to be. And I love this series that we're doing. So if you haven't caught up on the other two episodes, make sure you rewind and catch episodes one and two. And today, I'm so pumped. We're going to talk about tattling. But before we get to that, Viva, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. The summer series has been so much fun. Right? And I have gotten so much good feedback from parents who are just, this is their first exposure to conscious parenting. So can you fill in our listeners on the difference between positive discipline and conscious parenting in just like a nutshell? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I use both both concepts when I'm doing parent coaching and when I'm teaching. Positive discipline is from Dr. Jane Nelson. And the quickest way to explain that is it's really about long-term parenting, not just the short-term. And it's about looking underneath the surface of the of a child's quote-unquote misbehaviors to find out the root cause and to really put in solutions at that base level. And then on the other side, we have conscious parenting with Dr. Shivali Savari. Those are her concepts. And it's basically, think of it the same way as an iceberg, but now we're looking at a parent's triggers and what's underneath those triggers, getting to those roots, doing the work on ourselves. And so what I love to do is just put the two of them together. And I think that they fit really well and really holistically can put in some solutions for families. Yeah, so much. And I love that it's more about you than it is about your kids, because I feel like that allows so much more freedom and it's, there's like a lightness to it where it's like, okay, it's not my kid's responsibility to change and it's not my job to control them, but rather it's about being curious and exploring what's happening for me and why I'm being triggered and what's really going on. And I love what we've been talking about with conscious parenting. It's so good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think they're both really vital components to the whole picture, you know, just getting both sides of it. Yeah, it's, it's true. And I think for especially the positive discipline too, like having the practical tools that aren't so far outside of your normal behavior too. Like like sometimes these tips, these parenting tips that I read, I'm like, what is, what is this? This is so much to remember. And I love how you have this great way of coming up with acronyms and using alliteration. I just, you're so good at just making it really user-friendly. Like tell everybody again, what oatmeal is. Oh, oatmeal. So oatmeal is something that I created to help remember um, how we can teach mistake recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's this idea that mistakes are going to happen. And the more important lesson is how do you recover from them? So oatmeal was just something that I whipped up because quite frankly, like the acronyms are because I needed to remember them. And I'm like, okay, if I'm struggling to remember somebody else's too. So acronyms work really well. And it's just, um, so it's own up for the O, the A is apologize, the T is try to fix it. Um, the meal is mistakes are opportunities for empathy and learning. And <sighs> it sticks. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole episode in itself, right? It's so true. And I actually <laughs> didn't mean oatmeal. I meant Q-tip, but I said oatmeal. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Sorry um, about that. I just, spoiler alert, we will talk about oatmeal. <laughs> Just not today. Like, Wait a minute. Did we already talk about oatmeal? Yeah. See, that's what happens when we're friends is that we talk about stuff off air too. Um, Q-tip was actually not my acronym. I stole it from someone. I want to think it was Dr. Laura Markham, who I adore. And Q-tip just is um, quit taking it so personally. Quit taking it personally. Oh, that one has been life changing. Like and before we, we had used love and logic and talked about like, your kid isn't giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And that worked really well for a while. And then I don't know if my brain was just like, I don't believe you. I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> giving me a hard time right now. Like it helps me instead to be like, you know what, Kim, knock it off. Quit taking it so personally. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love yep. that you said that in the parenting class. So I know that you have a positive discipline parenting class coming up. Can you give us any details or any spoilers? Yeah. So the spoiler is it's my second time. So I've been teaching positive discipline for, geez, like 12 years now um, in person on the ground. But I did my first online parenting class in the spring. So it will be back in the fall, um, brand new, revamped, adding some things to it. It's a five-week online class. We meet once a week for an hour. It's got a private Facebook group where you get access to me and lots of questions and discussions. And um, yeah, so that's coming up in September. So we're about six weeks out. And what I wanted to do is for your podcast listeners, I will offer them a a special discount. Um, Yeah, because I think it would be so fun to have your people there. And mm-hmm. so I'll create like a coupon code or whatever, and I'll, I'll post that for you and let you put it in the show notes so that they'll have that. So we'll kind of do like an early registration for your people and um, before the rest of the public gets to have access to it. <gasps> That's so awesome. Oh, how Yay. exciting. Cool. Well, well, I look forward to talking about that more as well, but I would love to, and I highly recommend the class, by the way, I got to take the first one and Oh 
my gosh. Like maybe I should do my own solo podcast on that whole class because it literally shifted everything for me. Like just the introduction of like inner child work and these great acronyms that help so much and just making everything seem so doable where in so much in parenting, I feel like I'm just overwhelmed, but like your class helped so much to just give me tools that I actually can use and implement right now. Like one of Viba's suggestions is that, you know, 15 minutes a week of just like uninterrupted eye contact playing with your kid will totally radically change your relationship with them and and change, especially if they have like behavioral issues, you'll see a difference in that. And swear to you, that felt so empowering. I was like, 15 minutes a week? Well, hell, I could do like 20. I could go big. And it was amazing to see how it did shift, not only for my son, but also in me, what that did for me. And so like, if you're thinking about if you're struggling with any parenting issue whatsoever, or if you're just feeling like you want to up-level your parenting game, this is the class that you have to take. Oh, no thank you asked. for saying that. Thank you. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I love teaching it. It's definitely one of my passions. So, well, it's, here. well, it's awesome too to see you in your zone. Like, I love watching people in their zone of genius, and this is yours. You come alive, and you obviously have so much just so much information, but also just so much experience with it too. And you do a really good job of relating, but also then redirecting. And I love that. It's so good. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm looking forward to it again. Yes, definitely. Okay. So today we're going to talk about two different things in this episode. We're going to talk about how to address lying. And we also got another question from a listener who asked, how do I respond to tattling when it's often presented as truth sharing? For example, one hits, the other tattles. What do I do? So those are the two directions I want to go. Do you want to start with lying or tattling? Let's take lying first, um, and then we'll kind of ease into the tattling piece. Um, okay. So with lying, and this comes up so much, like with parents that I'm coaching as well as in the class, it seems to be a common concern. And so the picture that I'm going to paint, and maybe your listeners can kind of relate to this, is when our child lies to us, we're not just looking at the lie. We have this habit, and I say we as parents in general, most of us have this habit of like, catastrophizing that lie into all, like that is determining this child's future. They Mm -hmm. lied to me today, which means they're going to lie next week. And then before you know it, they're going to be stealing from the convenience store and then they're going to be lying and they're going to end up in jail and they're going to be homeless. And that's that. Like we just, right. We like instantly go there. Um, So like, let's hold it back a little. It's one lie. Let's start where we are instead of like going all the way to the nth degree. And of course, when we play that what if game, we have this tendency to make it the worst possible what if. Um, So just be aware of that that, and and bring yourself back to present. Um, Mm -hmm. The second thing I think is really important with lying is really looking at it from a, um, like a child development 
aspect of it because I think what happens, I don't know about you, Kim, but when I was pregnant with my first, and I think maybe a lot of other parents too, I read this book called What to Expect When You're Expecting. Did you read that? Oh, yeah. Cover to cover. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And my gosh, you know, like I knew when there were eyelashes being formed and fingernails and I was on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that lovely little baby and then you read what to expect the first year, obviously, and that tells you like when they should be rolling over and crawling and taking Mm -hmm. first steps and eating salt, all of that. Right. So it's kind of like this guidebook. And I just like clung to that. And God forbid that my daughter was not rolling over at the right time. Like I was that crazy mom on the phone with the pediatrician, you know, because Mm -hmm. I had something to reference. I'm like, but the book says, um, which again, it has its pluses and minuses, right? We can get too attached to it, but it gives us kind of a, a guide of a time frame. And then for me anyway, like life happened and I stopped reading those books because I was busy with this toddler. And then the second one came along. And the thing is that they make books, they really do. And there's like Google articles and stuff on developmental stages that go beyond the first year. We just stopped reading them. So if you could take, you know, a few minutes to just Google age and stage developmental, like what's going on for your kid, you'll see, and you know, there's some really cool places where you can find even just like one sheet, you know, really simple. What you'll notice is something interesting about like five-year-olds, four to five-year-olds are in a stage developmentally where they're really playing a lot with imagination. They're really mm-hmm. deciphering between, right? Between real and imagined. This is when you get like imaginary friends and, you know, fantasy and pretend play. And that's all like so important developmentally. So when a parent tells me that their child is lying, my first question is, how old is your child? And if the child is four, five, even six, I personally don't label that lying. I'm going to give the kid the benefit of the doubt that they're in a developmental stage where they're playing with reality versus imagination. Mm -hmm. And the way you approach that then is very different with a five-year-old than say a 12-year-old, right? Because now if we're, we're removing the label of lying and we're actually going into discipline, which is to teach, we're going to teach our kid the difference between real and imaginary. So when your kid says, you know, I already washed my hands and clearly they didn't, rather than saying, you know, you're lying and I know you didn't wash your hands, we can go, you know, I bet it would be so cool if you had a magic wand and it was like, poof, your hands were washed. And since we don't have a magic wand, let's go back and wash your hands. That's Mm. much different, right? The energy in that parent and the child. Exactly. It's like an exhale, right? Mm-hmm. It's not all, it's not a lie. They're not going to end up in prison. They just are playing with imagination, reality, magic, all those things. Right. So oh, yeah. yeah. So that's like for the younger now also developmentally, and, and this is the true case for all human beings. I believe human beings lie for a reason. First of all, every single one of us do it, okay? So to pretend like we don't lie and therefore our kids don't lie, that's that's kind of a fallacy to set up with. Mm-hmm. We lie all the time. 
like to tell marketers we like you know we do it we just do mm-hmm. and um so it, it's a part of and why do we lie when the telemarketer calls and says hi may i speak to viba and i go sorry you have the wrong number or sorry she's not here what am i why am i lying right mm-hmm. and the reason people lie is to get out of something i don't want to deal with the consequence of having the conversation with this telemarketer or for our teenagers or older kids who say, yeah, I did my homework. What they're trying to not have to deal with is the consequence of doing the homework that they don't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. It, It doesn't make it right, but at least if we understand it, then we can approach it in a different way. Right. And um, I think along those lines, Our job as parents, we are not police officers. We're not out to catch our kids lying, you know? Um, And this is something my mom did to me all the time growing up. Like she already knew, but she would catch me in the lie. So I would be so deep in it that there's no way to claw your way back out. So, (laughs) and I mean, there are stories, but rather than putting that, rather than putting that power trip on our kids, why not just, I don't know, embody the honesty and call them on it. You know, I know that you didn't do your homework. Let's talk about why. I know that you didn't wash your hands. Let's talk about, like, call it for what it is. We're not there to catch our kids in a lie. Our job is to help and guide them through that. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. Yeah, I love that you said giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out in my head, why do you think we are so quick to assume and like catastrophize? Like, why is it so hard <laughs> to give the benefit of the doubt? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think that's, um, well, that a whole I other mean, episode. That's a whole other episode, but the short version is, you know, that I like to make up words. So my made up word is convolute, which is conditioned bullshit. Sorry. Mm. but that's it's just how we've been it's how we've been conditioned by culture right to always be like looking for the other shoe to drop and looking for why this isn't believable and you know why somebody's trying to scam us that's how we've been brought up that's what this Mm. culture is it's based in fear and lack blah 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 so I think that's kind of our go-to setting to not give the benefit of the doubt and Mm. this idea which you mentioned earlier is that that they're out to get us. Our kids are trying to piss us off, right? Or they're trying to like manipulate us or, or trap us or lie to us. And that's actually not the case. So that's where the benefit of the doubt comes in, you know? Oh, yes. Okay. That makes so much sense. I love how you said that. And so, (laughs) yeah, just being able to really help them understand and help yourself understand what it is that they're trying to avoid rather than just police them or call them out, which I mean, when you're ever accused of lying like that just is such a shame invoking mm-hmm. accusation. And so no wonder kids shut down when we're like, you're lying. And they're like, no, I'm not. Like you're supposed to be on my side. You're supposed to get me. Right. Oh, yeah. It immediately puts them on the defensive. I mean, yes. you think about it when you're accused of lying, our go-to is not like, oh gosh, okay, you caught me. We move <laughs> deeper into the lie. You know, that's just yeah. human nature. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Okay, so that makes a ton of sense. And I know that these two kind of 
are similar in nature, but let's let's talk about tattling. So uh-huh. what do you what do you even do when you have this situation, whether it's in a school situation or at home with multiple kids? How do you handle the most irritating of things? There's nothing worse than mom, she hit me. Like, oh <laughs> gosh. That's like the worst. Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you deal with that? So I think the best way for me to explain that, so I worked in elementary schools for many, many years um, as a school counselor, as well as guidance assistant, as well as a teacher. And tattling is something that would come up a lot in elementary school. So the first thing is to really differentiate and define the difference between tattling and telling. So what I used to tell kids is you have to look at the intention. And of course, I wouldn't use the word intention with the kids, but your reason, right? For, for adults, I say intention. What's the intention for kids? What's the reason? The reason that you are coming and running to mom, dad, the teacher, whatever, to tell them about something. If your reason is you're trying to get the other kid or your sibling, your brother, your sister in trouble, then that is called tattling. If your reason is you're trying to keep another kid, brother, sister safe, that's telling. Telling is about providing an adult information so that they can help keep somebody safe. Somebody's in danger of falling off the monkey bars or somebody's in danger of, you know, running out in the middle of the street. That We're trying to keep that kid safe absolutely come tell me, you know, that baby brother has gone outside without me knowing it and is crawling around in his diaper in the front yard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not that that would have never happened to any of us, but, you know, stuff like that happens. Um, versus tattling is, you know, it's summer and these brother and sister have been like at each other all day and they're irritated. And now it's just like, you know what? I just want to get you in trouble. Like I'm over you. Mm-hmm. I'm irritated. I'm going to go tattle, right? Mm-hmm. Um so the tat, that, that helps to define it. And then really what you want to be able to do for your kids is empower them to solve their own problems. If there is not a safety threat, then you guys can handle it. And the way that I would phrase that with my own kids is, I hear you and I know that you guys will figure it out. But, but, but mom, and I'm sure that you guys will figure it out right? Like you really want to, I'm not taking this on. My job is not referee. I don't wear a black and white striped shirt. I'm the parent. You're the kids. If you've got a struggle with your sibling, figure it out. Use all the skills that you have. If you need help, absolutely. I'm willing to help. But then my rule used to be, if, if I'm going to help, then I would ask, so I have a son and a daughter. So I would ask my daughter, what is he, your brother, going to say about you? Well, but no, no, no. What is he going to say about mm. you? And you really reverse the perspective. It changes everything. So huh. if you're going to tattle, you get to tattle on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. What would he say? And then what would she say? That you know? And then when you reverse it like that, that was just a tool that I used to use a lot. And it really helped. And because the kids didn't like it, they just skipped that part. Well, might as well not go tattle the mom because she's going to make us, you know, take the other person's perspective and who wants to do that? So they mm-hmm. figured it out, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I mean, having no brothers or sisters for myself, this is like a whole new world and concept right now. Like my mind is just blown at how that makes so much sense when you really help them, again, help them uncover their own ability to solve a problem, uncover their own 
like you said, motives to what they're trying to achieve. Like just providing so much insight and depth for your kids rather than just this like, like negative stance on it or like punishment or, Mm -hmm. you know, like frustration, but really just approaching it with curiosity and teaching your kids to be curious too. I think that that is such an incredible skill and gift to give to your kids. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, you know, traditional parenting and a lot of the parenting concepts, it really is about the quick fix. If -hmm. two kids are fighting over a toy, that's it. I'm taking away the toy. Right. That doesn't solve. Okay. So now they're not fighting over the toy. How many minutes will it be before they start fighting over something else? You didn't solve anything. You know, we think that we're putting a temp, like it's a bandaid, but you're not teaching your kid anything. And if they're not squabbling with one another, it's going to happen on the playground. It's going to happen with friendships. It's going to happen as they get older. And don't we really want them to have those people skills of like finding solutions and negotiation and compromise and coming up with creative ways to solve things? We're not going to be there to do that for them. We're not going to be there to take away the toy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so you're yeah. doing so much more than just like crisis management. Like you're right. actually doing like all this work, but it doesn't feel like work. I love that conscious parenting makes it feel easier in a lot of ways than the traditional parenting. Because you're right, because it is very much like, great, now I'm taking away the toy. But then you make yourself the bad guy when you do that. And you feel like the bad guy. That doesn't feel like an empowering situation at all. Right, right. And so I think that that would be like what we just talked about was the positive discipline side yes. of it. The conscious parenting part of it would be why does it even bother me when they come tattle to me? That's the conscious mm. parenting. Positive discipline, let's look at, you know, helping the kids figure that out. Conscious parenting is why does it phase me? Why, you know, when you say it's the most irritating thing when they tell, why? Why does that bother me so much? Is it because I feel like the pressure is on me to solve this? Is it because Mm. it's taking away from something I'm doing? Like, where's the trigger? That's the conscious parenting piece. Oh, I keep getting those two. Like, I keep (laughs) meaning this and saying this. That's okay. (laughs) Thank you for correcting me. But no that's problem. so true. Again, looking at like what your triggers are and what, how can you help yourself and your kids at the same time? It's yeah. genius. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, Viva, thank you so much for your insight and wisdom into these two incredibly whew, tricky topics. And I just love what you brought to the table today. No problem. My pleasure as always. Oh. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait for week number four. So that is going to be not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. So make sure you've subscribed to the Captivatingly Confident podcast so that you get notified when we launch another Confident Parenting episode. Oh, I can't wait. It is going to be a doozy. Trust me on this one. So thanks again, Viva. I appreciate you. Thank you.